<clears throat> Hello everybody, good morning And I'm back uh, Let's review the make, shall we? Uh, today is, I believe it's August 5th or 6th It's about 6.30 in the morning, on Monday morning And I saw the make yesterday Or, as I should say, the make to the trench uh, and I gotta say right off the bat if you're looking for uh, some deep story some crazy movie uh, the Meg is not it you know I don't know I don't know like the Meg 1, if you watched the Meg 1, you were even highly interested in the Meg 2. You should have known already that what you were getting into. Uh, literally. And I kind of feel that the directors knew that about the Meg 2, and they just went for it. Uh, it was good old-fashioned, you know... Straight up, just entertainment. Mixed with the, you know, uh, a little bit of a story, a little bit of an explanation. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Which I don't really have an issue with. Uh, I don't know, like, to me, the movie was, uh, it was just a fun movie. You know, something that I kind of feel that a lot of movies, you know... It's not as fun as, let's say, Barbie was for me. It wasn't as funny. But it did have things that Barbie didn't have, which was, okay, they had, you know, some killings. They had some monster action. They had, you know, some cool shit. Some blood, some guts. Got some cool shit through the movie. Uh, they had some phenomenal, you know, scenes and imagery in, in the movie that I thought really stood out. Like the scene where the octopus, or maybe it was, maybe it was a Kraken-esque, you know, got out the breach or the the cloud that they had down there. You know, I thought that was cool. They, you know, and that's just that's just what it is. I mean, you can't honestly believe that there's megalodons still in existence today in any serious aspect. And the movie just simply just is not a serious movie, like at all. Like, it, it probably borderlines on the realm of, like, a sci-fi movie. But it's good enough to be in the movie theaters. The Meg 1 was good enough. The Meg 2 was good enough to get millions of dollars from people. And, and I kind of feel that it did. I heard it already made about almost about $150 million, Which bodes well because, you know, I kind of feel that uh, we're going to get a part three. As my window doesn't roll up here, 
damn it. Uh, but yeah, I kind of feel it might be the only thing going against it. Uh, was that it was a lot in Chinese? Perhaps like a good eighth or maybe even a fifth of the dialogue was in the Chinese thing. So I, I can I can say that for sure there's a lot of people that probably dislike that. That this movie was more probably catering a little bit to the Chinese markets. But isn't that what Walmart and all them do anyways? Like, okay, like, don't they just cater to the Chinese market? I mean, they have them build all their shit, so they have to cater to them a little bit. So, you know, I can see a lot of people being upset about that. Because a good, there's a good, I want to say 10, 15 minutes of the movie that's in Chinese. More so than the last one, and I kind of feel. But I also don't. I don't have an issue with that. I actually don't have a straight up issue with the Chinese, in general. Uh, I kind of wish that the United States would get ahead of things and, you know, really beyond the Asian. Uh, obviously, we're gonna have disagreements with China here and there, but we need to be. Recognize China as a superpower, but they also need to recognize the sovereignty of Taiwan. And they don't need Taiwan. They just simply don't need it. Uh, China's good on on its own. Uh, and I know a lot of people want us to gear for war against China, but that, that's never going to happen because China is not naturally going to go to war with anybody. They're just not. And I'll tell you why they're not going to go to war with anybody because... If they do, the, the, they will slaughter off droves of Chinese. And even though they got people to replenish ranks, uh, we live in a day and age where every death matters. And once you start slaughtering off 100,000, a million, 10 million people of the Chinese military, they'll feel it. Uh, so there's no obviously they need to defend themselves obviously but they don't need to go to work but anyways getting off topic here Uh, the movie I could see people being upset about that perhaps you know what is an American film doing having like a good portion of the film being in in another language But that, to me, doesn't really stand out as a thing to gripe about, so to speak. To me, the major gripes that I I have with the movie... uh, The movie's not perfect, obviously. Uh, One of the major gripes that I had with the movie, myself... There's only a a few things that I nitpick about it. Um, It kind of played out the same as the first one. Like uh, it kind of did, but it also kind of ripped off a little bit of Jaws. Like they tried to raise this Megan captivity. Like that was a good idea. Uh, so I don't know what the, I don't know what the point of that was. They were trying to train it. 
Um, but uh, okay, so um, they're trading. I mean, I that that I didn't understand, but that wasn't too big of a of a part of the movie. The raising of the the little Meg, and also that it looked like Jaws wasn't too much in the movie. Uh, another part of well, then it just played out a little bit like the first one. They went down there, and they know they shouldn't have been down there, but they went down there anyways, and they were just on a routine expedition, the Meg broke free, it went down there, followed him down there, and then they discovered that other people are down there mining it, which, that's a little unbelievable, but whatever, you you just gotta roll with the story. What they give you. I thought all that underwater shit was dope as fuck. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Pacific Rim, but if Pacific Rim without big ass robots and without the breach down there, you know. So that was cool. You know, and, and I mean, if you want to, they, they try to throw a lot of one liners. I, I, this was a film built off of one liners. But. I thought it was okay. It wasn't as one-linerish as you want it to be. Some of it is a little bit cringeworthy, but uh, not enough to knock it from where it was at already. Um, but then we get to the good stuff. Uh, again, they got to show a big-ass octopus rising out of uh, the breach. That was dope as fuck. Uh, that whole underwater shit at the base, the Meg's trying to you know, you know, showing the Megs, the real ancient ones, that was dope as fuck. Um, you know, that whole underwater, they could have, they could have done the whole movie there, and I would have been fucking just as happy. Uh, there was a lot of action. This was had a lot more action than the first one. A lot of more ridiculous action, but action nonetheless. Uh, again, the last fight scene. They had my man Jason Statham out there looking like he was Tom Brady. You know, looking like he was dropping back, throwing dimes like, uh, you know, Drew Brees out there. On You know, that shit was just hard. That, that went hard. They, they have scenes that you'll never, ever see again in a movie. Ever. Ever. You're never going to have a guy on a jet ski being chased by big sharks and throwing spear darts at them to explode them They're ne- you'll never see that again uh, ever uh, the overall premise of the movie of them you know were mining the trench I, they didn't really go into detail about that but who cares uh, it was best that they didn't because it was never going to make sense uh, they were mining something down there rare precious metals that were worth a billion dollars okay whatever um A uh, good part was they had a lot of people die. This would actually felt like there was a general sense of concern about you know the megalodons, the megalodons, and these prehistoric creatures were just fucking killing everybody. You know, and, and I like that they just went with that. I like, I like, I love the beginning of the movie. The first three minutes were great. You know that whole well, I wasn't even three minutes about. 
it's about a minute and a half maybe. Uh, I wish they would have gone a little bit more into detail with that too, but they didn't. Uh, and who cares? But that was good too. Uh, overall, I give it like if you're look, I, I can't give it more than eight, but I don't give it less than a seven. So I probably give it a seven and a half to eight out of ten chomps. Uh, that's what it comes down to for me. If you just you, you gotta just to turn your head off. I know a lot of people just are like, especially older viewers are like, oh, I want to watch some good movie. And they get like, and they're like, man, that movie was stupid. And I get like that sometimes too, but like some movies you just have to just go in there like, hey, I want to, I want to laugh. I want to like look at somebody like doing some cool fighting shit. There was a lot of cool fighting shit in the movie. Uh, in some incredible artwork like that's where it's at that's how you make a movie like if I were to make a movie that's the formula I would use do people want to sit down and be have a good time or not that's where I would make a movie comedies you know you're in for a good time most comedies some are stupid but Good comedies, you know you're in for a good time. Like, I could throw on Malibu's Most Water now, and I'm in for a good time. I could throw on Anchorman, and I know I'm in for a good time. I could throw on Iron Man 2, I know I'm in for a good time, even though Iron Man is in the superhero realm. Uh, I could throw on, you know, a number of movies, and I know I'm in for a good time. But I could throw on Jurassic Park, and know I'm in for a good time too. And Jurassic Park is just as a wild of a story as the Meg is and you know better well written better well directed but nonetheless the overall reality is, is it's not based in reality at all do you mean the guy is digging up an amber rock and got the dinosaur blood out of it and then he manipulated it put it in a frog egg Birthed the whole entire species of dinosaurs. Nobody knew about it. And he was going to turn it into a Disneyland. Like, that shit is crazy. But it's no crazier than what the Meg did. The Meg was like, oh, we built these submarines that go down to the trench like James Cameron. Uh, and we found Megalodons down there. And now we're studying their habitat. And things go crazy and they come up and try to kill people. And we're killing the Megalodons. And it's not, it's just as crazy as a story. But I think the overall, you know, to me, where the Meg actually does stand out is they weren't trying to disturb. The actual people were just trying to explore. They wanted to preserve, you know, the habitat down there. And the other people wanted to strip mine. And that's a kind of a. He had the back and forth between that. I, I felt that in the movie. You know, even from the jump. I mean, if the movie did anything, it was like, hey, don't fuck with the nature. Like, we could be better people. Again, they had Jason Satham uh, being like a... I forget what those people are on the Discovery Channel that go out and fuck up the whaling people. Um, 
you know, the, the sea shepherd, I think it is. It could be something like that. But he was out there. He was catching people, uh, dumping hazard waste over the ocean. And I, you know what? I, I fully believe that people are doing that today. They just go out there and dump oil, nuclear waste, hazardous waste out there and just, just throw it in the ocean like... You know, or they do all kinds of crazy shit out there in the middle of the ocean that you're not aware of. You know, and and to me, it's just it's just one of those things. Like, I got the message. There was a little bit of a message out there in the movie, just enough. It was in there to make it all cohesive. That, but it didn't overdo it. Like, you know what I mean. So I, with that, I do I do give it like probably like eight out of a ten. I I liked it. It's just just but I like those kind of movies. That's what I'm about. Um, you're never gonna see another megalodon esque movie look better than the these two Meg movies. Um, you're just not. I don't care if you can get. James Cameron to direct a Megalodon movie it's not going to look as good and it's not going to be as great as this you could get Steven Spielberg to volunteer for it I don't think he would make it that good either Uh, but with all that said guys I mean I'm going to pause this here we're going to watch hopefully finish watching something else or talk about something else when I come back but go 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 watch the Meg. I kind of want to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know if I am. Uh, maybe I'll just wait for it to come out on Netflix or something. Uh, and the reason I'm probably not going to go see is because I'm busy the next couple of weekends. And um, I got so much stuff going on, you know, work-wise. And I got so much stuff going on Netflix-wise. And I mean, like, I don't have no time to watch all this content. It's content overload right now. Um, The Dragon Prince. Got to finish JoJo's. Eventually, Baki's waiting for me. Uh, I started... I got like a quarter... No, maybe like a third of the way through of Guardians of the Galaxy last night. Uh, I would like to finish it off. Uh, We'll see. So hang tight while I come back. uh, I'll link up with you guys here shortly. Hold on. Okay, so let's continue this episode. I get to post it up and then we'll get to reviewing um, something else. Maybe on the next episode. Uh, So let me just talk a little bit about heavy metal industry plants. It's a term being thrown around right now. You know, and I got to say, yes, the industry plants have been there for a long time. They've always been there. In any, in any genre, they're there. Um, and if you don't know what an industry plan is, I mean, it's basically the industry props up a certain artist a certain way to try to be like, ooh, you know, like, this is what it is. This is what you should like. When you know the fakery is abundant in said artist, and they're not really about that. They're not really part of the community. Um... And there's a lot of bands that are like that, especially in the heavy metal community now. Kind of feel like Sleep Token is one. Um, I've heard Scowl 
Fruit Spirit Box. I mean, Ginger is another one. But Ginger has been around a while. They've been putting their weight in. I mean, in this moment. There's a lot of bands that I kind of feel like. And not to say that any of those bands are. But I kind of feel like. If you're a true heavy metal fan. Why in the fuck are you listening to Sleep Token? I get their brand. Ghost is another one. I kind of feel the industry. And when I mean industry plants, I mean, I, you, some of them are plants and then they blossom. And the industry fe- still feeds into it. Like, who in the fuck is listening to Ghost and Volbeat? Like, come on now. If you're a true heavy metal fan, I mean, honestly, honestly, Slipknot's another one. Slipknot might actually be the main propagator of the plant movement because of the sorry ass metal that they put out that sorry ass album that they put out and I did a TikTok skating Corey Taylor and the guy asked him about Slipknot if it was still Slipknot if he wasn't in the band Slipknot's not even Slipknot now you know and I'm tired like I said I can get into it but I'm tired of motherfuckers kissing Corey Taylor's ass kissing Slipknot's ass if I was a you know, it's a big if, if, if I was in a top heavy metal act, I would be, I would have already done fucking, been on an interview saying fuck Slipknot, uh, because it's ultimately at the end of the day, they're not a good band anymore, they don't tour with good bands anymore, any up and coming rising extreme heavy metal acts they don't tour with. Uh, Code Orange is not what it is, what it once was either. Uh, Killswitch Engage has long since been their prime of their heyday. Uh, Volbeat is not the shit. I mean, Slipknot tours around with a bunch of... Well, the Wolf's post a bunch of whack-ass bands. Or, or bands that have been, uh, way past their prime and they're just, they're... There's another term. They're also, uh, you know, like, um, what is it called? Cornerstone bands, or your flagship bands, like 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 a Disturbed. Um, who they make music, but they, I mean, I don't like it. A real heavy metal fan doesn't like it, and I don't. Most of the heavy metal, I mean, there's a there's always the heavy metal fan that's gonna be like, oh wow. Disturbed put out this song and they covered this band and ooh, it sounds so good. And then they listen to the record. But are you actually listening to it or are you just like listen to it a few times and then put it away? That's what I'm that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, the real fans know, real heavy metal fans, real hardcore fans, real death metal fans, they know where the good shit's at. Like Lorna Shore, Knock Loose, uh, you know, Slaughter to Prevail is another one. You know, it's up and coming. I don't know why they're so popular right now. Um, they put in a lot of work. Uh, there's there's several up and coming bands. I mean, they're that they're just there. That just there's a disconnect between them and the top bands. The tour should be Slipknot, Lorna Short, Knock Loose, and. You know, like Dying Wish. Or... 
you whatever have you and people should be like whoa who are these bands but they're heavy when they go and check them out they're crazy heavy um and that's what heavy metal should be but Slipknot does not care and they propagate up these bullshit ass bands and and they're putting this on the heavy metal community to like I think dumb it down actually I mean is it again the industry plants and are they're there they're, they are there the industry is like ooh this band could sell a bunch of records they, they have a style that we could just tweak and it's there and then we'll go ahead and plant them we'll give them a billion streams or 200 million streams and people are going to be like wow they're so cool they get played on the radio and that's just not how it's done that's just not how it's done in my days and it could be my, my days are are done because uh, I don't really like none of the heavy, top heavy metal acts out there, I, do, I just don't. Corn is another one. That, although Corn, I give a little break to because they never were part of. They were always adjacent to the heavy metal community. Um, they never really claimed to be the heaviest of metal bands. That's something that Sipnot did claim at one point, uh, but they are no longer nowhere near the top. I don't even think the top ten. And every, and every time they put out an album, they're getting farther and farther down the list. Uh, and, and on top of that, I mean, I also said in my TikTok, nobody can fucking sing you one fucking goddamn verse off of their new album. They don't know it word for word, bar for bar. They don't know. I mean, I would even go farther to say they can't tell you every name off the album. Now, there is some, there probably is a diary fan be like, yeah, I know every word and every fucking lyric and I know every fucking fast part and I know every song name and I've had the album on repeat for I don't know months now since it came out and and, and that's cool but let's pull let's pull aside let's pull aside Howard Jones right now let's pull aside Jimmy Jasta let's pull aside Chris Motionless let's pull aside um, Tim Lambis let's pull aside you know any of these top metal acts and, and don't give them a heads up tell them what's their favorite song off their new album how does it go how does it go I don't know nobody that's listening to stuff not like that none of the heavy metal people I personally know have listened to the album more than once or twice I listened to it once because I gave them I give Slipknot not the benefit of the doubt that they've earned if they're gonna come out with a new song a new single a new album one listen maybe they'll turn it around at some point I don't know I feel like they gotta keep Corey out uh, but they get the benefit out of one listen one go through one spin the block and that was enough by, like, by the time 20 minutes had gone by I was like this was more than enough to never listen to it again I, I, and, and that goes back to about the gray chapter maybe even before I mean it's just that bad to me it's that bad I'm like okay well 
Like, this is not the heavy metal I want to listen to. It's just not. You know, Body Snatchers, another one. Paleface, Swiss is another band that should be propped up. Angel Maker. I mean, there's a whole bunch of bands that are fucking wild. That I just don't. They don't get the love because there's a just there's a very sharp disconnect between the top metal bands and the young metal bands that are up and coming. And not to say that Lorna Shore is gonna be where Slipknot's at in ten years, but Slipknot is not helping them. These big bands are not helping them out. Um, they're just not. And going back all the way back to the industry plans, I mean, that's just a term that's been throwing around right now. But I mean, when I was growing up, it was posers. Uh, you knew you knew which bands were posers. You knew which fans were posers. And I mean, just what it is. I kind of feel like there's a lot of bands faking the flavor right now. A lot of bands trying to. They come in. They come in hard, heavy hot and then all of a sudden they start throwing at you clean lyrics a dumbed down rock sound uh, even Wage Ward kind of did that a little bit and, and it's like damn you lost me once you started doing all that bullshit I I, I don't know I need, I need a heavy metal band to get behind come out and just fucking challenge what's going on because right now it's a big love fest it's a big orgy it's a big fucking lovey-dovey happy place in the heavy metal scene and it's just it's absolutely ridiculously um like saturated with bullshit and I need somebody to come and start cutting people's heads off that's what I need from like a heavy metal band right now I need for somebody to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to start cutting the bullshit aside here and, uh, you know, start taking aim at some of these other bands. Put them on red alert. Change your shit or you're going to be out as the old dad rock bands playing one reunion show a year. Reduce you to fucking rabble. That's what I need. That's what I need from somebody. Somebody needs to straight up come in and put the smackdown on some of these bands, man. I mean, fuck. But it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, I can't complain too much because I don't. I don't. I'm not a in a band myself. I, I don't have the power to do such things. I'm just a fan here. But then again, I am. A heavy metal veteran. I kind of feel like I've kept my finger on the pulse long enough. I've given a lot of blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, uh, a lot of influence over my life of how I live. You know, I still live a very heavy metal, death metal, punk lifestyle. Uh, sometimes you just have to tell the motherfucker, fuck you, you know. It's cost me relationships, you know, where I was like, you know what, I'd rather just be by myself, I'd rather die alone than being a bitch and fucking, you know, letting somebody walk all over me. 
Um, you know, it's just what it is. I'll never really fucking be part of the system either. Like, I just don't feel like, I mean, if that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. Like, I'd rather just die alone. I'd rather not have a wife and kid and da-da-da-da-da. If it means my, you know, my sanity, what I believe in, I'll never kowtow to a fucking religion uh, either. Again, that chops off a big majority of the people that I could possibly even consider a long-term relation. Like, as soon as I see religious, I'm out. And, and that's something that these bands don't understand. Like, Slayer is another one that I fucking... I'll never listen to another Slayer album again, ever. All that bullshit about being thrash and fucking... You know, no radio and, and not selling out and no and doing all the things by the sheer knit and, and grit. All that went out the window once I heard a motherfucker was Catholic. And, and it's the main singer, it was Tom Arroyo. And then one of them was talking shit about being snowflakes when Trump was elected. Well, fuck you, you fucking sellout. Uh, I'll never listen to Slayer again. They, they've lost me as a fan forever uh, for betraying the cause. Let alone, they did like 18 farewell tours and 18 farewell concerts and 18 farewell fucking last gigs too. It was just a fucking money, a money grab. Uh, and there were money grab pieces of shit too. Like that's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that that's how one of the most diabolical evil bands of our time. I don't even know if it's evil, but just that's embarrassing how that, that band went out. It was fucking completely embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to be a metal fan. If if they, if metal was the prominent music, that would, they would have one out fucking sad. Not even nostalgia can bring them back if they reunionize in like ten years. I wouldn't go, just just for the blasphemy that that they just did. It was it was really embarrassing. Uh, without saying, maybe we'll come back and t- chop it up a little bit more. I'm um, getting to work, so. Um, yeah, we'll come back and chop it up in a minute. Hang tight. Okay, let's get into it. So, I'm back. And as we're going to get into it, let's talk a little bit of Godzilla Legacy of Monsters. Um, I got to say it's a good story. It's lacking a little bit in monster action, but I don't really know if they were going for that. Um... But the story is really good, actually. Uh, from what I could take from watching the first two episodes, uh, Monarch has been monitoring but not stopping or doing anything. So they're kind of trying to paint Monarch as like a villain, so to speak, in like a very villainous like way. Like if they, it's a massive cover up. Some sort of government conspiracy. And I get it. I wouldn't have necessarily gone that route. Um, But I think they kind of had to. Because. Like. The monsters have been hidden for a while. And I think. They were. Just like. Okay well they had been kept secret. for From the public for a long time. And maybe. 
that they didn't want people disturbing the animals. They set up like a kind of like a a military, their own little private military force to stop people from disturbing these animals. Uh, I think they had, an, I mean, if you go all the way back to Godzilla 2014, they did, they were trying to kill Godzilla, and I don't think they were they weren't effective. And I think they knew from then, like, okay, well, the less we disturb these creatures, it's better off because we, we cannot, we just cannot kill some of these. It's going to tear shit up, much like a, a volcano, you know, or like a, a Yosemite or like a, like a national park. Like, you just don't go there because X reason. And while there isn't the same kind of, thing for the parks but they they guess they set up a little military force for them um but all that secrecy leads you to believe lead you believe that monarch is the bad people and i don't really think they are but you know for the show purposes they will um and then this is post 2014 so i don't really know if they're i think they're aware of kong but maybe this is prior this is going to take place prior to Ghidorah, and hopefully we get a little explanation of some other monsters. The one monster in Area 51, I'm kind of concerned with because I think that has bigger implications going forward. Uh, but essentially, everything's top secret. Your characters, uh, Shaw or Lee. I forget what his name is, but he's like a Marine from like the olden days, like Kong days in. I guess they've been knowing uh, for a while what's going on, and they run into the obviously they run into the dragon that happens to the USS. I forget what ship. And most of the Godzilla heads know, like, but I recognize that ship from the credits in the first film. You know, or or I don't know. They had a little info about it, and. They're, they're searching. They see radiation in the air. And they actually cleverly wrote that in. Why they were going to investigate it. Because they traced a plutonium trail or a radiation trail that went across the sky. But it went across the sky and wherever they were at. And it was like, well, it wouldn't be the Russians because the Russians wouldn't fly that far south. And it definitely wasn't the Americans. So who was it? So they were like, well, we're sent here to investigate it. And we're on the same trail, and they run into the other character, uh, Ron or Randa. Uh, yeah. Anyways, he's a cryptozoologist, which I kind of I wouldn't have gone with that as his official working title because I think cryptozoology is kind of one of those fringe science fields that like is not taken seriously, like. The ancient alien dudes But they make it kind of seem like he's Like A government agent of sorts And him and the The doctor I can't think of her name at the top of my head It might be Lee I'm not sure I'm not sure the characters names Um But they're sent to investigate it And honestly That's a great start to the movie because they're sent to investigate. And that's not even the beginning. The beginning starts with the daughter. Her father has a secret family, both in Japan and in San Francisco. 
she goes to meet up with what is her like I would assume would be her second stepmom or whatever and she's got the keys to the apartment she like barges in I think that, I thought that was kind of weird but they discover some monarch tapes and it happens to be tapes linked to what was going on in the first episode um and also there's a little bit of pay dirt in there I'm not gonna say that it wasn't there was plenty of monster footage being shown they, I don't know what's going on with Bigfoot I don't know if Bigfoot's in the monsterverse who's got the rights to Bigfoot but it is like a Bigfoot creature that could be you know like a Yeti creature not everybody was on Bigfoot but um, I could see that easily being like they could if they if Monarch could find um like several they could entrain them I mean I'm assuming that could be something that's you know that could be something there there could be something there and you know maybe to finally privatize and militarize some of the monsters but having um, an elite force that is can yeah can be undetected and also militarized for a global gain you know power is what it, anyways anyway that's getting too far to where my brain goes into things anyways uh Godzilla crashing into the bridge in San Francisco that's where the girl character the young girl character comes into play um and as is the case Godzilla every time he moves is killing people I think that was explicitly stated in this that hey Godzilla is yes he does deal with these big monsters but he's leaves a trail of destruction literally everywhere he goes and a whole bus full of kids just plummets to their death I thought that was very cold and very chilling I mean it was uh, so I'm assuming they're gonna team up with Godzilla at some point I don't know how or why yet but it must be taken with utmost like Last, I think it's got to be a last resort type of thing because I mean, like again, every time he moves, he's liable to just wipe off the face of the earth hundreds of people, thousands of people, even. And I'm sure in that Hawaii disaster that was in the 2014 or San Francisco, both actually Hawaii and San Francisco, I'm pretty sure he left thousands of people dead. Um, and then the events post uh, King of the Monsters. I mean, again, Boston was almost essentially wiped out. San Francisco wiped. Who knows what happened down there in the Gulf with Rodan. I mean, Rodan took out hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, they left the trail of uh, life lost everywhere they went. Um, Ghidorah agitating so many creatures. I mean, they they probably wiped out millions. If we, if you actually stop and think about it, had to have been millions. Um, but either way, I mean, you would assume that 
even Godzilla moving anywhere is going to be very a very tricky situation for Monarch and for in this particular series because the gravity of what he what he's capable of doing and what has been done is already um, pretty evident in this like that Godzilla is not only a savior of sorts but also he's an, essentially a death dealer like there's gonna leave gonna leave a trail of bodies in his wake. Um, again, there's a li- it's a little light on the monster action, uh, but that doesn't take away from anything. It's just a little light. I'm hopefully we we've seen Godzilla show up in the first episode. I actually like that in the world that is the Godzilla world. They're like you know what, there's a Godzilla warning like everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's Godzilla warnings, like, evacuation routes. And I actually think that's kind of cool. Like, I wish that Godzilla was real. And I actually had things like that. Like, I need I need me a placard of Godzilla. Like, that's just a fan of me. Like, that was incredible fan service. You can see it on the buildings. You can see their, their ground-to-air, whatever those missiles are called. Uh, you see them like posted up and it's like oh that's cool as hell um and then they move on to the jungle and they actually uncover a whole nother you know and I don't I thought it was Chernobyl at first but I don't know where they went where they went and seen all those eggs and then the eggs started hatching um I I don't know if the lady's dead I think she did die there but I don't know if that's 100% the case I know Rhonda's hands got fried and Kurt Russell gave them the ultimate you got 30 seconds to or 60 seconds to you know essentially like make up your mind they want to find the truth they want to find the missing dad if he's dead or not and he may not be Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that they've wrinkled in there that I did like uh, and so yeah the first two episodes are really good it, you know we'll be tuning in over the next couple of weeks you know leading up to minus one and then leading up to hopefully to king of the Mo- or uh, the new empire I hope by the time this apple monarch is done that we've because I, I don't know Hopefully they timed it up right. Legendary and Apple TV. Hopefully they timed it up right. Hopefully by the time we get a... Because I think a trailer is due. It's, we're eminent on the trailer. Or it's highly eminent. Um, coming hopefully before December 1st. So it's it should be... I'm thinking this Thanksgiving during the football games or during the basketball games but this week it should be this week there should be should be getting the full trailer we're post um the strikes and all that too so hopefully they're editing and getting it edited together but hopefully when they do drop the trailer that it doesn't spoil the legacy of monsters series in that okay they don't just pop out like space godzilla or something or that Kong suffers it. Hopefully, it lines up correctly, and, and I'm sure they're work. I'm sure they're doing that. I'm sure the execs 
are well aware like they can't just jump the gun on something when people are still watching you know this legacy of monsters you know hopefully they they don't do anything dumb but I expect the trailer from the new Empire to leak or come out hopefully this week because I'm I'm almost positive that minus one is coming in if you're gonna put Godzilla up on the big screen in front of Godzilla fans you're gonna put up their own Toho or their own uh, Toho their own legendary Godzilla trailer up on the big screen in front of it like get a double whammy of Godzilla a two for one essentially like get it done hopefully that's the case but with all that said you know Monarch is good I think it's just a little tad bit a little light on the monsters but I think they got I mean it's a series hopefully they build up to I want to see a battle of sorts eventually like I want to see an episode where there's like 20 minutes of nothing but Godzilla and the monsters and shit and like no people's like they they owe I mean I'm owed as a fan that like if I had to spend the money for Apple TV I'm owed it as a fan I'm owed my fucking 20 minutes of glory I don't mind the story the story is pretty interesting as far as I'm concerned but they owe it to me and and again you know I don't know how many episodes are going to be hopefully it's like 8 to 10 and hopefully they got plenty of room to show some monsters in there Um, I did like the crab monster fighting the spider and I'm assuming the crab won but we don't know but I'm assuming the crab won the crab suplexed the spider down into the fucking ocean and at which point, I mean, drowning's inevitable, and the crown is just that's in his, that's in his wheelhouse. I mean, it was eating spider for lunch, you know, just what it is. Uh, and with that said, we are going to segue over to Muzan is going to have to eat Nezuko to gain the ability to walk during the day, and that's essentially what I've got out of the. Season 4 of Demon Slayer. Uh, it was the season 4 wasn't particularly good. Um, it, it was missing Zenitsu, it was missing the boar dude. I kind of felt like they put them characters aside. They just introduced two new characters um, Tokido, Tokido, and then the girl, I forget her name. Muchido and Tokido, but Muchido, Muchido died. But um, the very first episode of the season, probably to me, was the best episode. Uh, that's when Muzan is essentially talking to all the upper rank demons, um, telling them that they had to move up in ranks because so and so died, and essentially that he was no close to finding the answer that he was searching for and that they were a bunch of failures and you know they you get a you get a look at the upper rank demons and which is like some of them are pretty cool um 
there is some I don't know if the show I don't know if Demon Slayer I don't never read the mangas or nothing like that I never I just been watching the shit the people that got time to fucking read all of the the pages and in the mangas and everything I mean maybe you guys know but Muzan is essentially Michael Jackson reincarnated as the super evil villain but I kind of got this sense that uh, some of the other upper ranked demons are also um, they're also like parodied off of some things like the one dude the jester dude, the funny one, he's kind of reminds me of like Loki or you know, he's a very whimsical demon, like what is some Beelzebub or not maybe not Beelzebub, but there's a bunch of there's a bunch of like in other animes that that character is abundant and then it actually in a lot of you know it's more of a prankster than a demon. Um, you have the number two who happens to be, I'm assuming, is a Hashira. Um, and then you got the rest of the cast. And I was like, oh shit, that kind of reminds me of this person or that person. Um, you know, they kind of all fighting with each other, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then it gets into the season. And the season is kind of like, a, to me, it was like, just a really long fight that didn't like like the first the, the first episode was good second and third wasn't shit the third or the fourth was like okay they're getting to the fighting and they stayed fighting those same people up until like the very last episode and I was like um okay like I, I get it like you don't you know it took several episodes to get to defeat those people and they're very cool that that Demon Slayer is very well animated. I gotta say that's one of the more cool-looking animes. But, I mean, I was like, damn, like... It was like, uh, it's kind of like... It was just an okay season. I thought the one before, the Entertainment entertainment District arc was better. Oh, shit. Red light. Oops. I felt that the Entertainment district was better than the swords swordsmith district whatever district whatever season it whatever the fuck uh and essentially it boils down to they're trying to beat the demon and nezuko ends up in the sun and she kicks off tanjiro to go so he can go kill the demon to save the people and what she does but he thinks that Nesco is going to die. I thought so too. I was like, damn, he couldn't really make the decision for himself. Uh, ultimately, he kills a demon. And Nezuko burns off, I would assume, is some of her demon abilities. I don't know if all her demon abilities are gone. But she's able to withstand the sun. And now... Somehow Muzan knows that you know he's been searching for a way to walk in the sunlight for thousands of years or at least a thousand years. And 
you know, Muzan's got to be one of my favorite villains of all time. Like, I watched a lot of, like, he kind of reminds me of a little bit more sinister uh, Hisoka. Um, Hisoka was very different in his approach and things. It's actually a very different take on, like, a clown bad guy. I think Hisoka's, Hisoka's got to be one of the top clown evil configurations that there actually is because like to me if you put him heads up with the Joker the Joker doesn't really fight um he's just more manipulative manipulative and like he says he doesn't have a plan but I mean there's obviously an orchestrated pulling of strings to get shit done um but again he's physically unable to go toe-to-toe with Batman. Uh, you know, there's other clowns, like... The It character is... I mean, it's iconic, Pennywise. Is iconic in that sense. That... Everybody knows who he is. But does he really fight? The Terrifier... Uh, to me, he's just only... It's whatever. But he doesn't really have the ability to fight. Hisoka has the... Anyways, long story short. Soka has the ability to fight. And he's salivating at the chance to... Crop up and prop up... Uh, Gone and Killua to... He wants to kill him. In which I'm like... Yeah, and he actually took it to Gone... Um, it whipped his ass and sent Gon almost spiraling to the fucking nether realm. But he, you know, Gon is, Gon is the shit. Anyways, Muzan, they kind of got the same thing going on with him. Like he's, now he's got the motivation to not want to kill Nesco and perhaps Tanjiro. And I'm hoping that that is the case that, you know, with all the what they got going on, like, get that done. Like, I want to see that. But Muzan is very powerful, which was showcased in this even a little bit. Like, he just completely cut the heads off of people and just was like, don't even get near me. And and that to me was the shit. Like his ten minute part, uh, Muzan. To me, the, is the best parts of Demon Slayer. Like the very first episode was the shit. In this last episode, like half of it was kind of in, but then the last half of it, I was like, this is the shit. This is why I'm watching the show because the villain is well. He's well. He's very well written. I mean, that, like the character. I'm like. Yeah, I want to see him fuck up Nesco and Tanjiro. I I need to see him fuck him up. Um, but and the, but ultimately he's fucking cool as fuck. Like he's not a vampire. Um, he had some crippling disease, I guess, and they gave him something. But they don't know what. But he ended up fucking up the doctor that fucked him up. And then he was like, "Fuck!" Like now I can't walk in the sunlight. Like the sun hurt him. So I don't know if he's got vampire abilities. Or they're just if he's just demon slayer, 
if he's a, but it, I mean I guess he is a demon but I was like yo like like he's truly like one of the OG vampires which was cool as fuck to me vampires are cool um and I'm just like okay like hopefully I don't want Demon Slayer to end after four or five five seasons I hope they go I hope they do them right and give them like five or six or seven seasons or at least like six or seven or eight seasons you know and have it do it right like that's what I want to see I want to see I want to see like a whole season of him I actually don't mind killing off Nesco because Nesco wasn't really a factor um why he's going you know but I mean if they're gonna let her live I mean I need to see her fight too like uh, and ultimately I need to see the showdown between Tanjiro and, and Muzan and I don't know if we're going to get it because Tanjiro, even though he's becoming one of the more prominent demon slayers, he's not the top demon slayer. So I think there's going to be a couple of top of the demon clay, demon slayer core to fall to Muzan before it gets to before it gets to Tanjiro and in, in company. And that's what that I mean. Overall, the season I give it a two thumbs up. I don't think it was as good as uh, the entertainment district, but it was pretty good overall. Um. Again, I mean, I just wish there was more moves on it. It's just I've been wishing there's more moves on in all of it, and they're slow cooking him too. Like uh, they need to step up on it a little bit. Hopefully, the next season, the season that does drop, hopefully we do get it. Um, and that's what it is, man. I mean, that's my take on Demon Slayer. Finally finished it. I guess after this, you know, after this episode, I mean, uh. I don't know what we'll be discussing next, but I'm going to go to the Chiefs game, so maybe I'll recap Vegas and Thanksgiving afterwards. And uh, and then minus one is coming, so we'll be we'll have some stuff to talk about here shortly. So uh, hang tight, and I'll get back to you guys on the next uh, couple of episodes, or I'll see you guys in a week. Laters.